love Lucy. And I'm Diana, and I, you know, like Lucy. And this is My Favorite Redhead, the podcast where I show Diana every I Love Lucy episode in order, and then we discuss them together until she and all of you love Lucy too. Alrighty, you guys, so we wanted to do a little addendum to our episode last week on the audition. We were talking about that movie, The Murder at the Vanities, and I was a little bit curious about it when I was editing the episode, so I was looking it up on YouTube and I found a trailer, which I did link in the show notes for last week, but I also found out that in that movie there was a song performed called Sweet Marijuana. Oh my god. Which is, it's about what you think it's about. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. (laughs) And so I thought that was so... I think it's about the devil's grass. (laughs) I thought that was so funny that I put a link to that also in the show notes. So if you saw that there and you were wondering why, that's why. It's from that movie. And the actress who sung that song... She actually didn't know what marijuana was, bless her heart. She thought it was like some Mexican instrument. So she's just like singing her heart out, thinking that it's talking about the music. It's a lot of huffing and puffing. talking about the devil's lettuce. And I just, I had to share that with you guys, and I thought you would appreciate it. Oh, bless. That's so sweet. This week, we watched episode 7, The Seance. Now, we should probably tell you guys, Brianna and I are a couple of spoopy bitches. So, there is a... She is fuck, as some people would say. Yes. There are a lot of uh, esoteric jokes in here that we found uncommonly hilarious. (laughs) Well, she probably found them uncommonly hilarious 20-some-odd years ago. (laughs) I found them hilarious today. So... There are a couple of jokes in here that you kind of have to be of a certain bent to get, and don't worry, I'll explain. (laughs) They're funny. So this is going to be a little bit on the long side because I had to have a good chuckle at, honestly, more jokes than usual. So Lucy's a funny show to begin with, but this particular episode is, like, my jam. I thought pretty much every joke was the funniest joke (laughs) of the episode. So the episode starts with Lucy in the kitchen reading a book of numerology. So Ricky comes in to figure out what's going on with breakfast. So Lucy is completely engrossed in this book and uh, she's explaining to him about numerology and he's like, ugh, because apparently they've already been through the whole thing with tarot and all the other stuff. Because apparently Lucy's one of us and has a lot of metaphysical interests. And also, if you think back on the first episode, when Ethel, well, not the first episode, but what was supposed to be the first episode, when Ethel's, like, reading her fortune with the playing card. So this is definitely something yeah. that they share, and yeah. it's been a thing. Yeah, it's already been established that mm-hmm. she's into all that, and he says things about, like, tea leaves and all of that, and, you know, which is cool. That's all cool stuff. And so she's telling him about how, you know, numerology is important, and she makes a joke about the way that he vibrates, and he, you meaning energetically, but he says, don't you like the way I vibrate, which on the face of it, lol, sex joke. But also, it's very funny metaphysically, because... It's funny, like, on both fronts. Yes. I love it. <laughs> it is, and his, his little face, he just looks so hurt, and it's very funny. Even if he had meant it metaphysically, that still would have been funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so she keeps calling him five, and he gets mad, because what does that mean? 
And um, it's his numerological number, obviously. Hers is three. Brianna and I are both fours. So the way you calculate your numerological number, just as an aside, is you take your birth date and you take all those, the numbers as individual digits, add them all together. If you get a two-digit number, you add all those together, unless it's 11 or 22. Basically, you keep adding all the mm -hmm. digits together until you get a single-digit number. Again, unless it's 11 or 22, and then that's your number. So Brianna and I are both fours. Ricky is a five, and Lucy is a three, and I think Ethel is a seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lucy says that Ricky dropped a fork, and uh, she said, you dropped something, so that means company's coming. It's a fork, which means it's going to be a woman, and her hand was itching, which means that she was going to get money. And he said, if a woman shows up and gives you money, then I'll give you ten bucks, and if she doesn't, then you have to drop all this nonsense. And then, of course, Ethel shows up and gives her a dollar that she'd borrowed before, so he's like, well, crap. He's on his way out to go to work, and he says, by the way, I'm expecting a phone call. Oh, I'm expecting a call from my barber. If he calls, say yes, I need a haircut. And she's like, but what if it's the wrong day for that? And he's like, what? <laughs> so she looks up his horoscope, and it says basically, say yes to everything. It's a great day for fives. So... Because he's a Gemini. Yeah, he's a Gemini. God. <laughs> it hurts. So anyway, so he goes to work, and she immediately gets a call, and she says, yes, yes to everything. Oh, no, 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 no. They realize that it's, they were looking at the wrong newspaper. Right, because Ethel says, this is yesterday's newspaper. Today's newspaper actually says that it's a terrible day for fives, and you should say no to everything. So then she gets a call, and she says, no, absolutely not. In fact, I'm going to tell my husband never to see, never to, to, you know, to cut off contact with you and never... Because his sideburns are lopsided. Because his sideburns are lopsided. So then Ricky comes back. He's actually waiting for a call, so he decides to wait before going to work. And um, he explains that this is from a person named Meriwether, who's... Well, he's not going to say what exactly it is, because he doesn't want to jinx it. So Not that he's superstitious or no. anything. So Lucy crosses everything... I mean everything. And you know how you used to do that when you were a kid and you'd like cross your fingers and your toes and then your legs and your knees and your eyes? She does all of that. And then walks away. Into the kitchen. <laughs> she just kind of like hops. So that was a little flashback. So then he says, he's waiting, he's waiting for that call and she realized that she rejected a call. And she asked him what his barber's name was, and it's not Meriwether. So she realized that she rejected the call from Meriwether, and she has to tell him that she rejected his call. And so he makes her go down to Meriwether's office to explain what happened and to apologize. So when they get there, Mr. Meriwether is on a Ouija board trying to contact <laughs> Tilly. Now, I immediately had suspicions about Tilly. But I'm not going to say much more yet. See if you guys have suspicions, too, about who Tilly is. So when they get in, he says he really must apologize because he can't discuss business afternoon because his horoscope said that he can't discuss business afternoon. And Lucy's like, oh, you're into horoscopes, too? And then she made a comment about numerology, and he says, oh, you're into numerology. And she said, yes, I'm a three. And he said that he was a one and that Ricky was a five. And he said, we're all odd, aren't we? <laughs> and Ricky looked terrified. And it's <laughs> funny because Mr. Merriweather is odd. And Brianna and I were both very sad that we're both evens. We don't get to have the odd joke. And then he says to Lucy, do you Ouija? And... <laughs> That was also very funny to Ricky me. Ricky was also scandalized by that. Yeah. So, because he's trying to contact um, this Tilly person, he says he wishes he could go to a good seance 
And Lucy says, oh, we're having a seance. And Ricky's like, we are. And she's like, yes, tonight. And we have an extra seat. And Ricky's like, ugh. <laughs> so then they go back to the Ricardo's house where Lucy and Ricky are setting up the table. And Fred and Ethel show up. And Ethel is in her, she's all dressed up. And it's the 50s. So you can imagine how she's dressed. She's got that, that um, what shall we say, um, carnival fortune teller. Yeah. Sort of get up. It was low-key cute, though. It was cute. It wasn't, you know, too specific to any marginalized culture in particular. Yeah. So Fred introduced her as Raya, Raya, the medium. And then he says, well done, medium Raya. And (laughs) that's so stupid and funny. It is. It's really great. (laughs) So Ricky and Fred go into the kitchen and... Lucy takes Ethel aside. She says, you know, I think Mist- I think we might actually contact the other side. And she says, you know, when you're channeling Tilly, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go sit over there and I'm going to talk like I'm Tilly because we really need Mr. Merriweather to leave having felt like this was not a waste of his time. In the kitchen, Ricky takes Fred aside and says, I really think we're going to reach the other side tonight. And, um... You know, I'm going to, you're going to fake a headache and go back to your house. And then I'm going to stomp on the floor twice. And then you're going to come back in really quiet and you're going to use a lady voice (laughs) and you're going to be Tilly. (laughs) So they go back into the other room and Fred is wailing and moaning and holding his head because he's got such a terrible headache. So he goes back to his house and Mr. Merriweather shows up. So they turn off the lights and they all get settled and Ethel starts to channel. And she says, Ethel to Tilly, Ethel to Tilly, come in Tilly, over. And it's very <laughs> funny. So then Lucy gets up and she goes and hides her. They have to keep their eyes closed. So that's how she's able to perpetrate this fraud. She goes and sits behind Ethel and she starts using this little ghostly voice. And uh, she says her voice sounds funny because she has a cold. And Mr. Merriweather says, how can you have a cold if you're a ghost? And she said, I went out last night without my shroud. <laughs> Are you sick? Sick. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, because they're trying to channel Tilly, Ricky stomps on the floor twice. And it's very subtle. He's very subtle about it. So then Fred comes in. And at around this time, he asks Ethel if she can tra- um, channel Mrs. Merriweather. And everybody around the table is like, Mrs. Merriweather, who the hell is Tilly? Yeah. <laughs> Wonder if you can guess yet. Fred comes in to channel Mrs. Merriweather, and he uses his very convincing lady voice, and she calls him Darling? Which mm-hmm. was it? Darling. And he's like, that doesn't sound like Adelaide. And she said, shut up, you worm. And he's like, that's Adelaide. <laughs> so... Um, after they end the seance, Merriweather is very happy. He goes home, very excited because he has to write everything down in his diary. And Lucy starts to freak out because she actually thinks that Ethel channeled Mrs. Merriweather. She didn't see Fred. Then Fred... Fred thinks the same. Yeah, Fred comes in and he's like, I don't even know who Tilly was. So Ricky comes back and he's very excited because Mr. Merriweather was so pleased with the seance that he gave Ricky an even better job. And that's when Fred and... Lucy uh, confessed that they were uh, Mrs. Merriweather and Tilly respectively. And Ricky says he was so pleased with Lucy's channeling because he thought that's exactly how Tilly would have sounded if she could talk. And everybody's like, what? And he's like, because Tilly was a Cocker Spaniel. (laughs) I thought she was a cat, but I'm happy with Cocker Spaniel. I think I was close close enough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So this episode aired on November 26th of 1951, and it was filmed on October 19th, 1951. It was written by Jess Oppenheimer, Madeline Pugh, and Bob Carroll Jr., and directed by Mark Daniels. This is the first episode that was filmed after the show premiered, so I imagine there was a, a lot of relief, but probably also a lot of pressure, because they already knew that the show had become a success, because the ratings were huge on the first night. Now you actually gotta stick to the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and this episode was actually based on two episodes of Lucy's radio show, My Favorite Husband, and they're both called Numerology. I guess they did the episode and then later they redid it because you could do that in radio because there weren't reruns. And in that show, Liz and George, kind of the Lucy and Ricky of that show, their landlord wanted to raise their rent because he thinks his late wife communicated to him that he should do that. And um, the actor who played Mr. Merriweather in this episode, he played the landlord on that radio show oh, as well. Yeah. And so they um, have the they have a seance basically and they're trying to use the Ouija board for Liz to convince him that his late wife actually does not want him <laughs> to raise the rent. So it's it's very silly and similar in a way. And the actor who played Mr. Merriweather and the landlord on the radio, his name is Jay Novello, and he's going to appear again a couple more times on I Love Lucy as various other characters. Um, one of them is very, very jumpy and anxious, and that'll be a fun episode for us to discuss. I think it's probably going to make you need to hide your face again. Oh, God. <laughs> he also um, appeared on The Lucy Show a couple of times, and um, he seemed like a fun actor to work with. And Lucille Ball herself was also very superstitious, and she was known to dabble in metaphysical stuff herself, which I think is really cool. Um, her superstition was so evident, you could say, that she actually hated when people abbreviated I Love Lucy to I-L-L, because it's spelled ill, <laughs> that seemed like bad luck to her, so she would prefer for people to just shorten it to Lucy. And I thought that was awfully cute. But um, when she was younger and she was friends with Carol Lombard, the actress, um, Carol Lombard also was into metaphysical stuff. And it was something that they dabbled in together. And it was actually Carol Lombard's mom who told Lucille Ball that the, num or the sound R, the A-R combo, was good luck to her. Aww. And so that's one of the reasons why they chose the name Ricardo. In the original script for the original pilot, Lucy and Ricky's names weren't Lucy and Ricky Ricardo, they were Lucy and Larry Lopez. And for one thing, there was already a band leader that was named Lopez, so they didn't want to like look like they were copying him. But um, they thought Ricardo both sounded better and it also had that R sound. And because of that, like as a tribute both to Desi Arnaz and because she thought it was her lucky sound, all of her characters in her next sitcoms were named with an R at the end. In the Lucy show, she was Lucy Carmichael. In Here's Lucy, she was Lucy Carter. And in her final show, Life with Lucy, she was Lucy Barker. So I thought that was a cute little coincidence that they did that. That is cute. Yeah. So some sources actually kind of differ on whether that was Carol Lombard's mom who 
told her that AR was her lucky sound or whether that was Ginger Rogers' mom, Leela Rogers, who gave her that advice. Um, basically, both women were kind of almost mom figures to her and sort of role models while she was coming up. She had a really close relationship with Ginger Rogers' mom, Leela, actually. And Leela was very very proactive in her daughter's career and she was always willing to kind of give that same advice she'd give to Ginger to any of the other girls on the studio lot and when Lucy had worked with Ginger Rogers she met her mom and became really friendly with her and so some sources will say that that was some advice she'd gotten from her other sources will say that it was something she'd gotten from Carol Lombard's mom after Carol had passed away but either way just know that both of those women were kind of instrumental figures in her life and that this superstition thing goes deep in her background. And um, there's a little continuity thing for you guys. Um, in this episode, Lucy says she's a Taurus, but in a later episode, she will explicitly say that her birthday is August 6th, which mm. would make her a Leo, which she is a Leo in real life, and August 6th was her real life birthday. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times they would change things on this show to make them more like real life. Like in this episode, Ethel says that she's a Leo because Vivian Vance was a Leo in real life. But there's also an episode that's about Ethel's birthday that will also kind of contradict that because they also would just change things for the need of the script because mm -hmm. they didn't foresee that there would be an internet with people like doing podcasts and pointing these things out. <laughs> didn't expect people yeah. to be checking up on them. Yeah. And also, this is the first episode where they added a second cushion to Ricky's side of the couch so that when he and Lucy are sitting side by side, he'll look taller. Oh, That was one God. of Desi Arnaz's little things. He wanted to look taller. Oh. He was actually taller than Lucy in real life, but when she was wearing heels, mm -hmm. he no longer was taller. That's such so a thing. It, it's a thing. So he, he needed to be taller, so they had to go ahead and add that second cushion and... We will allow him that little bit of pride. Bit of fragility. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just funny to me. So, overall, what did you think of the episode? I thought it kicked ass. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking funniest thing. It was it's funny really on a funny. thousand levels. <laughs> Every joke hit. But, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the target audience Absolutely. for this specific <laughs> brand of humor. I'm, I'm there 100%. I thought it'd be fun for you guys really quick before we close out to actually like read off what the different numbers mean according to this Allure article I found <laughs> called The Basics of Numerology, How to Calculate Your Life Path and Destiny Numbers by Eliza Kelly Farragher from April 10th of 2020 and we'll post them in the show notes. So I explained to you guys how to find your numbers. So Lucy describes herself as a three and according to this article, the three... Uh, the little description for the three it says communication is paramount for three symbolically three represents the output of two joined forces it is the essence of creation three is highly gifted at expression seamlessly sharing innovative and pioneering concepts through art writing and oration your work inspires motivates and uplifts others and three finds great joy making others smile however three is also known to be quite moody and if three feels misunderstood may withdraw entirely the escapist tendencies of three are easily mitigated by practicing peaceful mindfulness. With such an active imagination, it's important for three to find moments of quiet to reset, restore, and recharge. 
She sure does love making people laugh. And she does have an active imaginative mind. She does. Uh, Ricky is described as a number five. And it says, free thinking, adventurous, and progressive. Five is defined by freedom. Five needs to experience the world by engaging its five senses. For five, life lessons are acquired through spontaneous acts of bravery. Akin to Sagittarius energy within astrology, five is known for its playful, impulsive, and vivacious spirit. But on the other side of its signature joie de vivre, five can become restless and impatient. Since five is always seeking discovery, it has a difficult time accepting life's day-to-day -day responsibilities, including professional and interpersonal commitments. Five must remember that when it narrows its gaze, it will discover that the most rewarding exploration exists in its own backyard. Now, the thing I find most about this that's funny is because five sounds like quite a like free-spirited and spontaneous character, whereas I would have thought that Ricky was a bit more like... Yeah, by the book, he doesn't really like all this frippery. But I think the interesting thing about the adventurousness and um, the restlessness, etc., is relates, I think, to his his status as an immigrant. I think is interesting mm -hmm. because he is he did move here from somewhere else, so obviously you need a certain a lot of hope comes with that sort of yeah. thing. So an optimism. So Brianna and I are number four. So I thought we'd just close this out with a little number four. In numerology, four has an earthy energy and is centered around fortifying its roots. Four adamantly believes in the physical world and knows that investing in a solid infrastructure is necessary for building a lasting legacy. Practical, hardworking, and responsible, the vibration of the number four is focused on creating logical systems that can support scalable growth. There is a solidity to four, however, that can quickly devolve into rigidity. Four must remember that rules are meant to enhance, not inhibit. It's easy for four to become stubborn, so four benefits from learning to loosen up and think outside the box. Four will feel liberated and inspired by finding the bravery to take a few bold risks. I know I for sure can be stubborn. <laughs> I could definitely loosen up. Yeah. <laughs> so one other little thought that I had, Ethel in her medium getup was giving me major like 1970s Elizabeth Taylor vibes like oh, yeah. if you've never seen Elizabeth Taylor in the 70s at that point in her career just go look up pictures of her and you will see she kind of dresses a lot like Ethel in this episode and I was totally living for it was that when she had those like major like cheek curls mm -hmm. that and era and she was um, really tan mm -hmm. at that time and she was the wearing, winged eyeliner yeah and yeah. would wear like a lot of like Batik prints and yeah. like really dramatic stuff like that. Yeah, it was giving me those vibes, and I think it was actually very flattering to Ethel. Yeah, and also really kind pretty. of flattering to Elizabeth Taylor. But you know, everything was flattering. Yeah, Elizabeth you don't Taylor. need me to tell you that she is gorgeous, and if you do, like, unreal. Yeah, please look at pictures again because she is. Yeah, and we had a few little pop culture things that I wanted to discuss. Um, so the Ouija board started being sold as a parlor game in 1890, but its roots actually go back to 1100 AD in Ooh. China with that of kind of... Of China. Everything yeah. starts in China. <laughs> with that kind of, like, word divination. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was cool. And a man named Elijah Bond decided to patent the board in 1890, but his employee, William Fold, started selling his own version the next year. And Fold kind of became synonymous with the Ouija board and he got the name Ouija from combining we and ya, mm. the French and German words for yes but he kind of came up with his own legend for where all of it came from and he said that um, 
it was a word that the board pointed out to him and that it actually was the ancient Egyptian word for good luck, which is interesting. (laughs) Ouija boards were at their most popular in the 1920s, but they're obviously still a huge deal in pop culture to this day. Like they're making horror movies about them and anytime you go so silly yeah anytime you go halloween decoration shopping there's going to be ouija stuff there so that's that's cool it's a look though so we still buy it oh yeah yeah. i'm into it i got a blanket from spirit halloween store a couple years ago that was a giant ouija board that's pretty cool mr merriweather's office had busts of shakespeare and george bernard shaw which i thought was really cool and i think there's like a, a a document lying around that kind of suggests that the play that he's working on was something Shaw wrote, which can you imagine Ricky in a Shaw play? I can. I didn't even notice Shakespeare. That's very unlike me. Well, there was a lot going on at the time. So. There was. <laughs> it's because I was making notes, you guys. I was yeah. being diligent for you. I wasn't just being unobservant. <laughs> and also, Fred wears a Shriner's fez. He comes in on the scene where Ethel comes in in her medium garb. He has on his Shriners fez. And the Shriners are a Masonic order that was founded in 1870. And they describe themselves as being about, like, fun and brotherhood and fellowship. They do a lot of, like, charitable things. If you've ever heard of, like, the Shriners Hospital, that's them. And the men who founded it were named William J. Florence and Walter M. Fleming. And the group used to be known as the Ancient Arabic Order of the Nobles of the Mystic Shrine. Wow. So they cut it down to Shriners because the original name was quite a mouthful. (laughs) But um, the two guys that founded it, one of them was an actor who had done a lot of performances in the Middle East. And the other one was a diplomat to the Middle East. And so they both were really immersed in the culture. And I guess they were just fascinated by it. And that's why they went with that theme for their group. And all of the groups are named after, like, different cities and, you know, cultural landmarks there. And Fred's Fez says the Tehran, and that's because it was from the Tehran Order of the Shriners, which I guess was founded in Fresno uh-huh. in 1949. So it kind of makes me wonder if maybe William Frawley was... Maybe. In that group, which I lived really in Fresno cool. for a little yeah. while. We were discussing that while the um, episode was going because I, I was wondering because it looks like the sort of thing you'd pick up in like a souvenir shop mm-hmm. if you'd been to Tehran. So it's like that's a that's a weird little backstory detail for yeah. them. Have they have they been out there on holiday? <laughs> and then we were talking about you know the different, I guess lodges or something, because. <laughs> I was saying that I, I know that a lot of Masonic lodges in England are named after um, poets, etc. So it's interesting that they, they carried that over into other Masonic brotherhoods with, yeah. with the Shriners, etc. I wonder if maybe, like, if it wasn't that William Frawley was in that order, if maybe they just, like, found that in, like, a thrift shop or something. I've seen uh, Shriner Fezzes at one of our thrift yeah. shops. Yeah, and it's kind of like... A Hollywood thing like there's that legend about in the Wizard of Oz where which is one of my favorite movies <laughs> um, there's that, that Judy Garland yeah there's that legend that um, they were looking for a jacket for the Professor Marvel character to wear and so they went to a thrift shop to get something authentic and then 
they looked inside of it and there was a tag that said, you know, property of L. Frank Baum, which is the author mm. of the book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. So they like coincidentally went to a thrift shop and ended up getting the literal perfect garment. Yeah. So I wonder if it was something like that. Also, just this brought up something very tangentially related, but Grunkle Stan and Gravity Falls wears a Shriner fez, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have a name on it. Mm. And everything about him is a fraud. True. So do you think he just, like, made a fez but didn't, like... Yeah. He just made that one out of cardboard and felt. absolutely sounds like something he would do, yes. Like, he just needed something. To make him look yeah. authentic, but he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Shriner. I wonder, like, because they probably have, like, membership dues in the Shriners. He's not going to pay for that. And Gravity Falls would have... <laughs> I don't know if they call them lodges. Or probably yeah. shrines, I guess. Mm-hmm. But That was a fun little tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I always bring it back to Crunkle Stan. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um, so, we kind of discussed favorite lines a little bit, because, like, Every there's line is so many line. good jokes in this one, it's hard to pick, like, one favorite. But, obviously, I like, you know, Lucy, don't you like the way I vibrate? <laughs> but I also like when Ricky refers to Lucy as his witch doctor friend. Mm-hmm. I just think it's very silly. And then um, when Lucy introduces Ethel, Madame Rhea, mm-hmm. she's psychopathic. <laughs> so did you have any other lines you wanted to single out? Oh, God, they're all funny. <laughs> I, I think it was great when Mr. Merriweather stood up and his last question for Telly was, which of us did you like better, me or Mrs. Mer- Merriweather? And everybody was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I knew it. I knew that was a pet. I knew Tilly was a pet. <laughs> But then at that point I started to wonder if it was a dog because you never ask a cat which do you like us better mm-hmm. because the answer is neither I hate you both. Yeah. So I tolerate all of you because you feed me. People only want to know who the dog likes better. <laughs> he was so pleased at the thought that Tilly loved him best. That was very cute. Like that set him up for the rest of the day. And I think it's probably true because he seems like a very sweet man and apparently Adelaide was just a tiger. So Yeah. <laughs> She Which, probably never petted Tilly. Yeah. I love Adelaide Merriweather. Yeah. <laughs> she sounds fun. Yeah. Although not fun to him. So, final thoughts? Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to discuss? No, I thought this one was great. I think we should watch it again on Halloween. Oh, I would love that. And that'd be great. Yeah. It's just a really fun episode, and there's so many shenanigans, and silliness. There's a lot less physical comedy than normal, mm -hmm. but boy, they packed it full of puns. Oh, yeah. And I just love, like, little things like Lucy, like, devouring her numerology book at the breakfast table. Overflowing the cup of coffee. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many fun gags in this one, so. Uh, Next week, we will be discussing Men Are Messy, in which Lucy and Ricky disagree about certain matters of housekeeping. Oh, boy. So that should be fun. And we'll see you guys then. Bye. Well, it's the day after Thanksgiving, so we hope you guys had lots of fun with your family, well, with your loved ones, we should say. Yes. And um, whoever that may be. In my family, we um, tend to acknowledge the checkered history of the holiday, and we do sort of... We don't shy away from the the more unpleasant aspects of it, but we tend to like to interpret it as a day to be grateful for what we do have and just take a minute to 
be thankful for each other and for the blessings that we do have in our lives. So this year, uh, we would like to extend that to all of you, our wonderful listeners. We're very thankful for you guys having us as a part of your week every week. Yeah. And also, I think we're uh, thankful to the cast and crew of I Love Lucy. Absolutely. And all that they provided to the entertainment industry and to our weekly ritual here now. (laughs) And just a little quick reminder that Jeff Bezos doesn't need any more of your money, so don't buy anything today and wait until later on to support small and local businesses. Yes. And happy holidays. Happy holidays! Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher to make sure you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at My Favorite Redhead, on Tumblr and Facebook at My Favorite Redhead Podcast. Tweet us at My Fave Redhead or drop us a line at My Favorite Redhead Podcast at gmail.com. And if you love Lucy and you enjoy our show, give us a good rating and review. 